0: digital detox secrets. Those three words can change your life. My name is Lisa Byer, and I will be your host. Today's episode, I want to welcome my guest, Megan Nolan. She is coming all the way from Hawaii and she started a company called Yoga at My Desk, where she teaches professionals and entrepreneurs and businesses how to bring yoga into their daily business life. I absolutely love this concept and I had an amazing time interviewing Megan, And talking about how she started her community, she started her business, the different offerings that she now gives, and some of her secrets to success in bringing yoga, breath work, and energy to our mind, body, and spirit at work and personally. Welcome, Megan. Welcome, Megan, to
1: the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you. So great to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So I've been, you know, kind of watching you since we met through JVology a few months back and admiring all of your content and your concept and your approach to what I think is I'm very dedicated to it as well as helping entrepreneurs bring balance and yoga specifically into their daily office life. I think that is amazing. So Megan, if you could just share with us a little bit about your business and your journey of how you got to where you are today with this amazing concept. Sure.
1: Thank you. So I am both a personal trainer and I teach yoga and originally my educational background was in gerontology and when I graduated from university I decided I just was far too empathetic to go work in a nursing home so I decided to take a more preventative approach to aging and became a trainer and shortly after after having been practicing yoga already for about five years at that point decided to become a yoga teacher because I really saw how much those worlds kind of overlapped and really complemented each other because as a trainer I was always you know wanting people to strengthen and move and all of that and I never was that like push you till you puke work really hard sort of personality so I thought it would be nice to overlay the mind body awareness that internal awareness and cultivating that relationship with self with exercise so my work has always blended those two worlds and so I like to kind of integrate that into everything I do. And so that was about, well, I've been doing the work for 16 years. So however many years ago that was (laughs) 11 years, I guess. And so I've been really, as we all do sort of reincarnating it and making it look a little bit different and pre COVID was doing a lot of workplace wellness. So I was working with a lot of different financial institutions and large organizations here on Maui. Like for example, I've taught yoga inside all the power plants to guys wearing coveralls and work boots and you know they were they were really open to it which was interesting because at first when we were doing it they all had that sort of like what is going on look on their face but came up to me after of like nobody's ever taught me how to breathe and so realizing that you know this work is so applicable to everyone and when people are open to it it really helps them learn more about themselves and so last year in March you know with the Beginning of the pandemic, I shifted everything online. I was already online with a program called Yoga at My Desk to help people learn how to take yoga breaks throughout their workday. But really shifted and recognized that the tools of yoga are applicable and helpful in every situation, but especially in uncertain situations when people are kind of feeling like worried, fearful, doubtful you know, concerned of what was happening on a global scale and also within themselves for their own business and their health and their family and all of that. And so really sort of shifted gears to teach people the empowerment aspect of yoga, because a lot of times people, you know, based on what we see on social media, people think, oh, like, am I supposed to look to look like Cirque du Soleil or twist myself into a pretzel? And, and really, when people start to understand the deeper level and the effects of what you're actually practicing, when you're standing on one foot of being present, being patient with yourself, learning to be gentle and compassionate. So they beginning to share that different perspective on it. So we recognize it's, it's a much broader tool set than, than you might think when you first go to yoga. And so this has become really transferable for working with entrepreneurs because I believe that, you know, And we I'm sure we can all relate that it's quite a roller coaster and ups and downs and there's challenges and there's awesome days and then there's struggles. And so really recognizing that, you know, when we get on the mat and we embody that, that centered, charismatic, focused version of ourselves that we're practicing when we practice yoga, that translates into you showing up. As that version of you in your business, so that you can make the impact and the income that you're destined for. And yes, it helps you keep your bones healthy and your muscles strong, and stress down, and your hormones balanced, and all those things. But really, it's such a transferable skill set to everyone, but specifically to entrepreneurs. And so that's really kind of been my you know very abbreviated version of the last 16 years of doing this work.
0: Yes, and I really love the yoga at my desk because, and I was also reading on your website before. We started the the interview just, you know, for your offerings, your courses that you have that, what do do you need? And you say, like, I was thinking it was going to be like, you need a mat, you need a block, you need this, you need that. But, you know, you actually say you really don't need anything. And like, I think it's such such a misconception, like you were saying, you look on Instagram at, you know, some Mm -hmm. of these, you know, the people that are the yoga um, masters, yoga instructors that, it's like very intimidating. And I've been doing yoga for 20 years. And it's not that intimidating to me, because I can do some of that stuff. But some of it, it's like, wait, like, you know, that's like way over the top. That really isn't what going to a yoga class is all about. And so it, it's intimidating. And I think also, I'm also happy that it's become more mainstream. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes it's so mainstream that people just they're like, Oh, yeah, I do yoga. But like, it's, they don't really embrace it. Like how, the example that you're giving where they really look at it like, okay, yoga can be something that you like practice in five minutes. It doesn't need to be going to a class and having a mat. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the beauty of what you're bringing, you know, to the entrepreneurs and mompreneurs, solopreneurs, students, you know, high school, college, that everybody needs to realize that it, it could really take a minute to five minutes to really get the benefits of yoga, and you don't have to have a mat. Can you give some examples of like what you what are what what are some of the actionable examples that somebody can can like get a glimmer of what they would get if they signed up for some of your courses?
1: For sure, thank you. And that was my goal to make it accessible because you know when people were working in offices, they didn't necessarily have a lot of space or they don't have you know long time during their day, but really sneaking it in because realistically the human body is not designed to sit all day and it's specifically not designed to sit slouched over a keyboard looking like a croissant so (laughs) (laughs) it's really when you can integrate little movement breaks throughout the day so here's an actionable tip is drink more water so you have to get up and go to the toilet more often which just automatically means that you're moving but it's also great for your spine and for your joints and your brain health and all that but that's a good one And then if you need a reminder, like many people, myself, including set a timer for whenever you sit down at your desk for 25 minutes, some people find that's too short. So they like to do a longer work segment of 45 minutes, but set an alarm so that when it goes off and you have to, for the most part, myself included, have to really make yourself get up and move for those for that break time. It's a style of work called Pomodoro training or Pomodoro productivity and so it really just it mandates that you take a break so when you take that break it's actually good for your brain for your focus your creativity so get up and as simple as stand up and stretch your arms out really wide so for those of you that can't see the video you're just reaching your arms out wide and then exactly like that so think of like so good I know yeah. right it's so yeah, simple. It feels so good. It's yeah. so simple and it's yeah. really just bringing you back yeah. into the S curve because your spine is shaped like an S ideally yeah. but when we sit it's the croissant shape right? Yeah. So when you do it think of Kate Winslet member in the Titanic she's yeah. on the, of the boat and you yes. really lift your belly and lift oh. your heart and you lift feels your so good. That's it.
0: Yeah. It feels amazing. Yes. Good. That's that's awesome. And I think I, I, I love the, oops, I love the Pomodoro method. We we talk about that in one of our other podcast interviews and Miranda, I brought her in um, to teach my staff the Pomodoro method, because it's definitely, you know, from a productivity standpoint, but what I love about the, the breaks is that it helps you kind of reset and get into, set you up to be in hopefully like some sort of a flow state, you know, where you're so... The creativity is just like coming in easier, and there's space for the creativity and the ideas to come because when we're just like not taking breaks all day, it just you know, you're staring at a screen and nothing's happening. Like, the idea (laughs) is not going to come out of the screen, (laughs) it has to come out of your brain. (laughs) Exactly. People think if they sit and stare at a screen long enough, they're going to come up with an idea, but really, it's the opposite. If they get away from the screen for five minutes, the idea comes. Totally. And Yeah, it's
1: so funny because somehow we have to convince ourselves that. But remember when we were kids, we'd have recess and that was, you know, partly to give the teachers a break, but partly because it's very good for your body, oxygenates your system and energizes your muscles so that you're back in that strong alignment. Because the reality of the slouch position is your muscles get sleepy, everything slows down. So you're taking really short and shallow breaths because you're in a weaker posture. So your body starts to breathe with backup muscles, which are in your neck and shoulders, which means more neck shoulder tension. And when you take those short and shallow breaths, it triggers stress. So whether or not you think you're under stress, your body is like, where's the saber tooth tiger? I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but she's breathing like it's here. Mm-hmm. And it shuts down your higher brain functions of creativity, focus, decision-making, all of those things because it's in survival mode. So getting up and moving your body, whatever it is for you. Maybe you take your dog outside for you know a little bathroom break or you do some dancing or yoga or something it really moves your body back into strong alignment It allows your body to breathe deeply. So it decreases brain fog. It acts as a energizing focus because your blood flow starts to really go back up to your brain because you're not slouched over. And so it really helps you to actually get more done when you go back into the work interval.
0: Yes. So I'm really into analytics and I have had a Fitbit since Fitbits came out, but the, the newer Fitbits, give you some amazing insights on breath and sleep and resting heart rate and things like that, that all, you know, the, the meditation and the breath work that you do or don't do, you can actually like see the results like in black and white, if you're using a Fitbit or an Apple watch. And it's just amazing. The The best example that I'd like to share is that at night I'll put on one of the meditations, guided meditations that came with the Fitbit and Deepak Chopra is one of them and I'll listen to it. And then the next morning it'll be like, Oh, do you want to record that, that um, session? Yes. I want to record it. And then it shows my heart heart rate before and then after and how it drops. And I just, mm-hmm. and, and I just think that is such amazing example of like, why wouldn't you want to do something like this to, to how it, you can see in black and white, how it improves your health. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Can you talk about like the impact of yoga and sleep?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What you're speaking to there is when we go into a meditative or relaxed state, your heart goes into a consistent rhythm. So when we're under stress, think about it. When you're under stress, you're kind of agitated. You're a little bit jumpy because your body's trying to react. So when you're in a calm state, your heart rate goes into a very consistent pattern. And when it's in that coherent or consistent pattern. It signals the same thing to your brain. And then when your brain and your heart are in a consistent rhythm with each other, it signals a massive state of release and peace for your body. So it starts to send out calming and relaxing neurotransmitters. So chemicals in your brain shifts you into a healing state, repairing state. It increases um, cellular repair. It's shown to actually slow down the aging process. So all of those good things, even just by taking a little mini yoga break throughout the day. So what that translates to sleep is that when we are in a calm and relaxed state, we go more easily into the deeper sleep rhythms and we get more restorative sleep because stress affects us whether we're sleeping or we're awake Mm -hmm. (laughs) because your body is still trying to repair because in stress mode, it's like, go, go, go. And it's sending out all your blood to your muscles that are gonna help you run or fight, right? So the Mm -hmm. fight or flight. Mm -hmm. When you're in a calm, relaxed state, then it's in a repair state and it's healing. And so then we have more energy because your body's ready to go. Your digestion is better. Your metabolism is better, more efficient. You know, elimination, all of those things are benefited. So when you can, even like you're doing, which is so beautiful, when you can do that little bit of time and really it doesn't take very much. Like there's a shift in your body after three deep breaths. Ideally you go for a little longer than that cause that's maybe like a minute, but if that's all you got, do it. It's so powerful. So when you have that calming state, signaling to your body like okay the day is done and we can shift now we can relax and because you know as entrepreneurs we have like a million and one things that we want to get doing and you know if you're in a launch you're waking up in the middle of the night because you got like you know a hundred things you still need to do and all of that so if you can do whatever you need to do at the end of the day to wrap it up you know make a to-do list celebrate your wins victories gratitude, whatever that looks like for you, and then shift into a calm state, then you have a better sleep quality throughout the night.
0: Definitely. So working with entrepreneurs as much as you do, are there some common, are there like two or three things that you just say to all entrepreneurs? And you know what, like I'm talking about entrepreneurs, but I think today it's fair to say that, you know, even if you don't own your own business, you're an entrepreneur of your own life. So mm-hmm. this like applicable that. to everybody, you know, you're the, you're the, the business owner of your, of your being, of your, of your body. So what are like maybe two or three key things that, that just applies to entrepreneurs and that you say over and over again?
1: No one can do the way you do what you do. So you are invaluable in your life. So if we speak to somebody who is the entrepreneur of their life or is an entrepreneur of their business the common denominator is you, right? And how you show up and how you feel influences everything. If you're grouchy and tired with your kids, it's not gonna go the same way as if you're ready to be present with them. If you are feeling wrung out and burnt out in your business and your launch when your cart opens and you get there and you're just like so frazzled and so depleted, it's gonna affect your sales. Because it's going to affect your energy, right? And so whether you look at it from that, you know, more like woo-woo, spiritual out there, energy alignment, all of that, or just how you're showing up, how you're feeling and, you know, your, your presence, your patience, all of those things, it's affected by how you feel. And when you do something that nourishes you, your body, your mind, your spirit, it benefits everything. And it's really like the ROI, the return on investment of you taking time for yourself is massive because it affects how you are you know running your business and your relationships
0: definitely and i think it goes with the saying that really the only person you can change is yourself and mm-hmm. when you change yourself that's going to impact your energy and your relation with business and with family and friends and you know the universe really mm-hmm. so i really love that and i'm also i want to talk a little bit about from a social PR secret standpoint how you grew your business using social media and marketing. And if you could, before you get into that, just talk a little bit, explain your business structure and what what you're offering through through Yoga at My Desk and some of your courses.
1: Sure. So I have Yoga at My Desk, which is a membership structure so people can opt in and get unlimited access to over 30 different videos and a growing library of meditations. And so that's an ongoing offer. And then I recently released and made into an ongoing offer, a program that I have that's called Wake the Warrior Within. So that's diving into the warrior poses and the ancient story behind them and how it cultivates ways of being and living that are really powerful and useful in our life off the mat. And then I do have a 12 week, ongoing, which I just started, which I just launched this week, which is so awesome. So that is a program that's specifically customized for entrepreneurs using the tools of yoga, of meditation and brain science to really become the version of you that your business needs you to be. So I do have a few ongoing virtual sessions with businesses here on Maui, but most of my work is now online. And so it's kind of morphed over the last year and a
0: half for sure. I like it. It's more accessible because you're in Hawaii. And while I yes. really would love an excuse to come visit you, <laughs> <laughs> we can experience Megan through some of your, your memberships and your offerings. And, and and I was looking on your website. I mean, they're very affordable, the membership offerings and the, the one that you just launched for entrepreneurs. Is that something that is, it's, it's open all the time to, to join or it's.
1: That will be run. Probably two, at least twice a year, but maybe three times. So because I'm in the very early stages of that, I haven't really finalized how that's going to look. But yes, so that one is running now for 12 weeks and it'll be done in September. So that I will offer again in the winter or late fall.
0: Yeah, but the other ones are
1: always available.
0: So we'll put in the show notes um, links to all of these different um, offerings that we're talking about. If anybody's interested, definitely check it out. And like I was saying earlier, you know, I'm part of one of your Facebook groups. I don't know if it's the only one, but I, I really was just so I'm inspired by it. And being in the social media PR marketing business, I, I know how important it is to build community and to really be authentic and transparent and your true self. And you come across, you have all those boxes checked, but if you could give us like, lift the curtain up for us and let us know, like what do you know give us some tips on how you grew your facebook group if you want to start there sure
1: yes so i did for a while have a bunch of them going on with you know yoga at my desk one and wake the worry within and then entrepreneur I was like "Ah, too much i need to consolidate so i would say if you can streamline do so because then you can give it your attention right my coach says focus on one bridge at a time until you get really dialed in. Cause if you got like a hundred bridges, everything only gets a little trickle. So I'd say consolidation, if you can do that is a great place to start. The group has grown organically on its own at a slower pace, than when I do different events. So when you have a launch or when you have a free workshop or something like that, that is, you know, definitely a time when I've seen a lot of people come into the community to experience that free workshop or what have you. And so that's been a great time to really invite people in. And so it's been really fun to have those events that are really a time to connect with people, offer tools, resources, value, and then being able to connect with them and continue to build that relationship. I've done a couple of the giveaways, you know, where you invite a bunch of people to gift an offer and they present and then one person wins because they invite as many people as possible into the group. And while it did grow the group, I don't think it was necessarily an aligned audience. So, I mean, depending on if you can really dial it in, that might be a successful strategy for you. For me, it was a lot more work than what it actually turned out to be. So I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend that, but it definitely works for other super large groups. So that for the most part is that the strategies that I've been using, but also being open about inviting people to it, having ongoing events that you have that are no pitch, you know, so bringing in other guest experts to share their magic, has been a really fun addition to that. And so it's an opportunity to partner and share the community with other people and vice versa. So I really like that element, and then just continuing to invite people. And, and like you said, it's a community element. And, you know, recognizing that it needs to be a two-way conversation because if it's just going to be a billboard of like, hello, look at me, come, come and do this workshop. Oh, me again, me again. Then mm-hmm. it's a really one-sided communication. And so I really like to do fun things. And so, you know, it's called elevated and empowered entrepreneur. So the empowerment is tools for you to navigate life and elevation is that elevation of your inner state. So while it's not necessarily all about yoga and fitness, it's, ongoing relationship building like tell me where you live like what my recent post which I think is so funny and it's like such a fun insight gaining one was what would you be if you fulfilled your childhood dreams so remember like when you're a kid like half the people wanted to be a veterinarian or an astronaut Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) I just thought it was super cute it's a conversational right we forget Mm -hmm. that there's people that you're you're connecting with on that level of like, oh, okay. Like this is how you build a friendship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs)
1: Questions about (laughs) themselves.
0: Definitely. What what percentage is your Facebook group and your whole, like if you had a pie chart of your marketing and PR efforts, like what percentage do you think the Facebook group is and what else are you doing besides that to promote your, your business?
1: Good question. I would say it's, it's definitely at least half. It's, you know and then I have my email list that I connect with at least twice a week to share more value and then into by the way
0: can I just comment on your emails? They're amazing. I, I like I would never unsubscribe to your emails because they are so valuable. And oh. are you doing the I don't know who's doing the writing, but the writing is fabulous. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> so good. It's oh, so refreshing. Yeah. So I mean I think that you have you know just your 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 way that you're your uh, writing is comes across as super authentic and su- super connected and it just you know it's not intrusive in any way and it's like you know you, i don't know how you think of some of these things that you write about but it's awesome it's great it's very creative so Thank sorry you. to interrupt but i just i no. meant to even tell you that even like if, if it didn't come up on the interview i was going to email you on one of the emails and be like who's your writer <laughs>
1: Thank you. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's funny because I was doing an interview this morning in the community actually with a, a woman who's, I forget what her title she called herself, but she's an author and she's an art teacher. And we were talking about creativity and how creativity is, we got to think outside the box when it comes to that, because while I'm oh, sorry, everything's fine. Just one second.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. <laughs> we, we have hurricanes here, so we don't have that. But like, I, I get it. <laughs>
1: Okay. Sorry about
0: that. Okay. No worries. <laughs> I figured it was it's something monthly like that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah
1: for the most part it's you're like, "Oh, okay, I forgot about that." But then, "I sorry, I forgot I should have scheduled a different time with you." But yes. So, thank you. I appreciate that. And cre- speaking of creativity and and how it can be anything, right? And I was sharing with her that I feel like my creative outlet has been through my sessions and my classes and also through my writing. And I was saying to her, you know, I used to be really more intentional about writing for my, for myself, I guess I could say versus writing for my business, but now I've sort of streamlined it. I'm like, well, if my business and my brand is me, then when I write, I should just share me. Right. And so share my stories and my experiences. And so that's, thank you. I really appreciate that compliment.
0: Oh yeah. And I think that that is a great point to make that I've, I see a lot of um, CEOs or business owners that, you know, grow their business to the point where they're not as involved and it was their voice and it was their personality and their authenticity that really impacted the growth of their business. And then they get to a certain point and then they're not, you know, they don't have that connection. And I, I think that that's a mistake that brands make if that's why the business, you know, grew to the point that it was, and then we'll see like you know ceos that aren't connected with their audience and then they'll come and do some sort of an event and they'll speak and everybody's like oh my god she's amazing or he's so awesome you know and it's like okay well that's why you really need to keep that consistency your authentic true self even no matter what size your business is because that's who you know that's the connection point that's the connection to humanizing your brand and you can't humanize your brand with, you know, a marketing department that isn't, isn't like really the true authentic self of the brand. Does that make sense? It's authentic as marketing departments try to try to be like, you can't really replicate, you know, like you own the business and it's your voice and, you know, you're the one that kind of helps connect the dots and like, look at Oprah and look at Deepak, like nobody's talking for them, you know, they're, they're still doing their, their lives on their own. And, you know, they're, they don't have to have this big camera crew. They're able to just like go live. And I just think a lot of brands miss that point of the authenticity and being yourself and like not having to hire marketers that don't understand the brand, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And I agree with you. I think it can, can be hard because we see these really polished expressions of somebody's brand and while that, I think, has value and is important, a lot of it has to do with coming out and just being yourself. And, you know, iPhones are so amazing and high tech right now that you can just go live with your iPhone and not worry about like how, you know, it's going to be this or that. But being willing to be authentic and be vulnerable and just put yourself out there consistently is so powerful for sure.
0: Definitely. So I kind of, we got sidetracked you were telling us in your pie chart of marketing and PR. So so 50% is your Facebook group. And then the Uh next is email. And what else do you do?
1: Instagram. Instagram. And I'm trying to be more consistent with that. Again, speaking to the streamlining, I've had like three, well, I have another small business. So there's that one that's probably always going to need to stand alone, but needed to consolidate the other two. And so streamline those. And then I would say referrals as well, but yeah, maybe, maybe I need to bump up the Facebook group to take a little more of the pie chart then. So, cause how it much, seems, how to much
0: me- time do you spend each day or each week in, in your Facebook group? And do you have any resources that help you manage it?
1: When I did my, when I do launches, I help, I have people that come in and help me during the live for, you know, commenting, engaging with people, tagging, etc., inviting people to the community. So that I find is really helpful. And you can do that, you know, somebody domestically or having people overseas that can help you, you know? And so that I found to be really helpful. And then I guess I do try to automate, but with the engagement posts, you know, it's like, I want to go in there and talk with people. And so, mm-hmm. especially right now where we're still relatively isolated, it's nice to be able to have those conversations. And so- it is a boundary that I really am working on fortifying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> that word, boundaries. Yeah. That's my favorite word. Yeah. Uh, not, I'm, because I need to work on it. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. The way that we met, though, through JVology seems like that is one of your, a piece of your pie chart of your marketing, oh, yes. the collaborations and joint ventures. I'm just kind of getting into that now. JVology was my first, that was my first event that, that I went to. And I like very excited to kind of be at this new reset of my business life. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with joint ventures and collaborations and maybe some, you know, actionable tips that others can take with this?
1: Yes, for sure. I'm relatively new as well. I had only gone to one other event before JVology live but I really like the concept of it. And going from offering just one service, which is very useful and helpful, to being able to make suggestions for my community feels really nice because I know that as a business owner, there's many facets to your business and your health and happiness is a huge part of that, but it's not the only component. So bringing other guest experts into my community kind of fits under that empowerment piece. And so I'm really enjoying that. From, from the community perspective and from the personal relationship perspective of getting to know new people like yourself and being able to have these fun conversations where we start to see other people's creative outlet and their magic and what they're sharing. And so I really have been enjoying that as well. And then, so my last launch, I used joint ventures for the first time, which was great. And so it's definitely a learning curve. With, with everything, you know, there is. And so it was great. And I really, I feel like it, it allowed me to connect with a lot more people. And then, you know, it's a relationship process. And so I think it's interesting because I found that the, it's always about alignment, right? So like, you know, people were open to sharing, but when people are focused very much on say business strategy as their mechanism for connecting with their audience, which is obviously very important, that audience may not necessarily be as aligned and open-minded to like the benefits of health and yoga when it comes to growing and maintaining your business so i think it's like anything it's kind of finding the people that really your audiences match up in that way that's really complementary so it's definitely a learning curve but overall it was a really great experience and i'm definitely going to continue it
0: yes yes i'm on the same page and i so do you have an affiliate program with your offerings yeah -hmm so, I mean, I'm just now starting, like I said, getting to my toe into affiliate marketing and affiliate programs. And for my courses, I just finished setting up all the affiliate programs. So I think, you know, for me being in the internet marketing world, digital PR world, like affiliate had kind of like a weird reputation, but it really like doing it the way that we're doing it. And that, you know, this other side of the affiliate marketing, like I want to just call it the legit side. Does it, it really makes sense. It's almost basically like just influencer marketing, but very, you know, compensated and structured and, you know, mm-hmm. to the point of sale. So do you have any tips for somebody that is, you know, thinking about like exploring this? You know, are there things that you wish you would have done different or any platforms that you love or don't like?
1: I would say that the community that we got connected at, JVology, is really helpful because they're really set up for it. And they give you a lot of tools for it because when people understand the relationship and the back and forth and the supporting, it's a lot easier because there's, I've connected with other people that are not necessarily in that community. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll help you. But it's not as easy because Mm -hmm. they're not really sure of like what that's supposed to look like. Even if you, you know, you lay it all out for them and you set them, give them all the swipe copy and all the things everybody's got a lot going on in their own business. And so I think it's being, my two words are patient, and persistent. So they, you know, they may seem like opposites, but I think they're very complementary because we want to set it up for success, but then, you know, be there to remind, but also not being annoying.
0: Yeah, definitely, <laughs> so I agree. A real fine line. <laughs> I, I totally agree. When I did JVology in April, you know, I, I really had no idea what to expect, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll just do this, you know, half the time, and the other half the time, I'll do my agency, and I realized very quickly that. It really needed to be more of a focus, but I also realized that it's not an overnight thing and that it really, you know, you just have to, it's about relationship nurturing and building and taking it slow and steady. And that's really, I I think now that I've really stepped back and um, not rushing anything, just taking it, you know, very methodical is, I think the right direction if you try to do something really quick some uh, you know an affiliate program or a joint venture just doesn't happen quickly but Mm -hmm. it's like it's like public relations public relations doesn't happen overnight you have to stick with the momentum and keep putting it out there and and building up that you know that relationship and eventually like you get the story or the journalist calls you or you get invited to speak at the event or all these things you know fall into Mm -hmm. place but it's not going to happen with like one quick call, you know? <laughs> true,
1: true, you know? And we're kind of, we're conditioned to want those instant gratification, quick results and yeah. and organic approaches to marketing and PR are definitely going to take their time, you know? And that's, again, we're going back to that, like how we interact as humans and how we can connect and support each other as people, but of course, obviously business owners. And so I I totally agree. It's definitely, you know, it's a long game, but I think it, w- it will be a really successful and important part of our growth as business owners if you're willing and you want to commit and I think we all should is nurturing that relationship with other business owners and and being willing to support each other however we can so that we can all benefit right and we can all grow because the pie is big enough for everybody and so I think that's important to remember for sure.
0: Definitely. And I definitely agree about the structure that I learned from JVology was very helpful and I'm definitely going to do another one of the events. So I, I also recommend that. Any last words of advice on, you know, any tips that have worked really well for you from a social media PR marketing standpoint?
1: One thing that I think is really important And that I suggest to my students and my clients is to really connect with that big vision that you have for yourself and for your business and connect to that version of you that's already achieved those goals. So who is she or he? you know, how does she show up? How does she hold herself? What's her energy? What are, you know, her beliefs, her, her thoughts that she has and begin to, as much as you can begin to embody that now, because what it does is it really sets you up to show up in alignment with achieving those results and dreams and goals. But it also allows you to really get authentically aware of how you're showing up in your business. And if we're showing up in that sort of grasping energy of like, what do I got to do? Who do how many people do I got to meet today? It changes how your energy is coming across. And when you can show up in a place of center within yourself and feeling present, feeling grounded, taking that time for yourself to either, you know, do the visualizations or meditations that we are speaking of to really allow your mind, your body and yourself to get connected. And whether that's through yoga or dance or Tai Chi or whatever it is to really connect into that higher version of you so that you're moving from that place of openness and connection is really key. And it does really impact how your day goes, how your energy flows, all of those things because you are worth your time and attention. And I know the to-do list is a mile long, but it's really gonna affect your productivity, your performance and your output.
0: I totally agree. And like we said earlier, it doesn't have to be hours um, of input. It could be literally five minutes. And another example I want to share that I just started doing is I somebody gave me like five years ago a meditation coloring book. Mm -hmm. And I just had it like packed away and I just unpacked and found it. And I just started five minutes when I'm having my coffee in the morning, just like using colored pencils and just coloring, like kind of like the, all the prints are like the tapestry behind you. So I'm just like coloring in little things and it just makes such a difference. Like I, I, I'm just amazed. And it's like, why didn't I start doing this earlier? Like it's five minutes, like five minutes of just like coloring or doodling can make a difference. So hopefully this inspires whoever's listening. And I will put Megan, all of your details in the show notes so that people can find you and sign up for your membership or for your entrepreneur program, whatever works for them. And I really appreciate your time. And it's been a very insightful interview. Thank you so much.
1: Mm, Thank you so much. It's been so fun to chat with you. So grateful to be here and connect with your community. Thank you.
0: Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of Digital Detox Secrets. If you liked what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at digitaldetoxsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing yoga, meditation, and occasional wine drinking for the best creativity and results. Namaste.